Welcome to the I Work For Him Power Pod. I'm Michael Miracle, producer for I Work For Him, the voice of the faith and work movement. We are on mission to transform the workplace of every Christian into a mission field. Each quick listening power pod is designed with you in mind and jam-packed with kingdom resources to help you connect your faith and work. How will this impact your workplace? Let's find out right now. One of the greatest things, you know, the church is known for fellowship. When we say the word fellowship, we think about food, of course. That's not really what it was supposed to be about. It's the connecting of people within the body of Christ and really utilizing each other because God has given all of us unique gifts, talents, and abilities. And how do we complement each other? How do we collaborate together to bring those gifts, talents, and abilities together to forward the kingdom, not just our own little kingdom. Mm -hmm. And so the Christian Leadership Alliance specializes in making sure that this happens each and every day by helping organizations, nonprofit, Christ-centered organizations work as efficiently and effectively for the kingdom each and every day. Today, we're going to talk with Jason Brown from Marketplace Chaplains. You guys have heard us talk about Marketplace Chaplains on the show a whole bunch of times, but this is our very first time to be face-to-face with Jason. And we're excited about that because then I can see if he's giving me dirty looks when we're on the air. <laughs> so it's, it's a lot of fun. But Marketplace Chaplains isn't new to I work for him, and it's making a huge different difference on over 4,000 uh, organ, organizational locations each and every day where people are getting introduced to Jesus each and every day. And we'll get some of those statistics from Jason in just a second. But Jason Brown, welcome to Face to Face on I Work For Him. It's good to be with y'all face to face. A lot different than we've done before. It is a lot of fun. So talk to us those statistics. You guys are, it's, you said I think 4,000 locations now? Yeah. Um, every week our chaplains have the opportunity uh, to go and serve and see employees where they're at at work. And we're at about 4,000 different locations in the U.S., Mexico, and Canada. So about 1,612 chaplains out there today going to meet people where they're at. And how many employees are they getting exposed to each and every week? Uh, We're up to 260,000 employees. But remember, we also care for the employees' family members. So uh, Bureau of Labor Statistics says you multiply that number by 2.78. Now, I've never seen 0.78 of a human being, but... (laughs) (laughs) But we'll go with that. So roughly 600,000, and then we have a senior living division, so we are uh, ministering to our elders. Uh, We're 10,000 up to a month or moving into senior living communities where there is no official chaplaincy or uh, the clergy doesn't have time to go anymore. So that's a huge market for us, and we're just, we have a certain type of chaplain that loves to uh, serve in those areas. The reality is, is we live in a world where not a lot of people have a pastor anymore. They are, they're not attending a four walls um, church, or if they are, maybe it's even a mega church and they just don't feel that connection to somebody that they can go in this moment of crisis. Someone in my family died. Someone is in a really bad situation. I'm, I'm really struggling in whatever that area is. They don't have a safe place. We haven't made that a priority in our lives. And so chaplaincy really gives people that opportunity to have someone they know is going to call in, that they can call in and will listen. Jason, you said you spent 35 years serving corporations, the corporation, corporate America. But Mm -hmm. that's no longer all you serve. You've broken out of corporate America and you're breaking into nonprofit organizations around the country, too. Yeah, exactly right, and that goes to... Because they have people. They have people. <laughs> they have people. <laughs> and and the interesting thing is, and we were talking about this, and it leads to Martha's uh, point, is one, we're not to replace or displace the local church. One of the last portions um, 
that we kind of keep track of in, under our evangelism statistics of gospel presentations, people accepting Christ, but then being connected or reconnected back to local sure. New Testament mm-hmm. fellowship. We, we try to stay on that frontline chaplain role and stay in our lanes. Um, but the fact is what, Barney, you can look at 70, 80% of the people are not regularly connected. And here's the other interesting fact for those that are, um, when we're looking at statistics of all of those company locations, whether it's in the Bible Belt, it's up in Boston, or it's over in Portland, or it's in a public company, or it's in a Christian ministry like some we serve, the statistics are the same. The same amount of ratio of usage and the same same top five issues everybody has, whether you work at a church, a ministry, a nonprofit, or a company. So, there, I mean, it's and, – and those numbers are 65-plus percent of people un- not connected to a church anywhere in the country. I yeah. Mean, this, those are staggering numbers. They are staggering, but the, the hope – the good news is is that people still have not put away um, – their innate, the hole in their heart that they know they need God and they seek spiritual things right. and they know there's something else. Even the secular HR world uh, acknowledges now there's a spiritual component mm. uh, to the human body. So you need preventative maintenance and care for that. And we're seeing companies ask us to do that, even though they, they don't share the same faith we do. Yeah, I love the fact that you guys are a member of the Society of Human Resources yeah. and that you guys are get to go and put a booth together there. So, Jason, you were talking a couple things I want to clarify for our listeners. And one of them is this whole concept that you were saying that the percentage of usage by the by the um, employees in a nonprofit and not and a for profit are pretty much the same. Kind of spell that out just a little bit more. So people really grasp what you're saying that you're needed. (laughs) We are. Well, we know first 70 percent of the people are not connected to a local New Testament fellowship um, Mm -hmm. or regularly connected. Um, but whether, you know, they may not go to church Sunday, but everybody goes to work Monday. So the workplace is the world's largest mission field. Amen. And what we're seeing is, I think we're serving about 11 nonprofits and ministries. Now many are part of CLA and more Mm -hmm. and more talking to us. Even some mega churches are reaching out to us. A mega church with 200 on staff is, are they going to go to the lead pastor? No, no, no. No. But, no. but what I was saying is, as we look at the usage and the reporting of the issues discussed, uh, whether it's a, a Christian-led company or uh, a company led by last year, we had two companies sign up that were um, led by Jewish leaders and one a Muslim owner. He said, I just need you to take care of my people. Wow. So whether it's those or a Christian ministry or a public company, an oil field company, mm-hmm. the usage is the same. The mm-hmm. people have the same problems, the same percentage of people use uh one aspect of the chaplain services, which is about 70 to 80% after the first year, once those relationships right. of trust and confidence are established. That, that happens. Are, are they making trips to those locations on a weekly basis, daily basis? What is it like? Um, our goal is for every employee segment of a company to see one of their chaplains once a week. So okay. at an auto dealer with 200 employees, they mm-hmm. may have four chaplains assigned, but Chaplain Monday Mike comes in the afternoon, sees the sales guys. Tuesday morning, Chaplain Martha comes and sees the girls in the office. Chap- uh, Wednesday, Chaplain Hector comes and goes to the auto shop and the mechanic mm-hmm. shop. But every Wednesday, those guys working back there in the paint body shop know that Chaplain Hector's coming by and they look forward to seeing him. I just also wanted to just talk about the fact that this really is set up to be like an HR benefit within an organization. Talk to that because a lot of people are thinking, well, how does a, how do we even have a chaplain? How is that even a possibility that we can offer that to our employees? Well, sure. Um, well, the U.S. government has chaplains, sports teams, police and fire departments, yeah. and now uh, thousands of, of companies. So 
Um, through Alliance Defending Freedom and First Liberty, everybody should know it's not illegal. Uh, there's no religious discrimination. First off, it's not church at work or religious program. We're bringing in an employee care service. So just like the Salvation Army is a Christian faith-based organization, the services they provide benefit everybody. Mm-hmm. And uh, yes, there are some leaders that bring us in for a Christian reason or an evangelical reason. We have I've had atheist HR people hire us just saying, my people need help, and I know you can take care of them. And so we usually wind up under the, oh, (laughs) the guy told me a year later, he said, it was at the National Sherm Show, he said, by the way, Jason, did you know I'm an atheist? And I went, no, but I care about you, that doesn't matter. He says, well, exactly, I knew what you guys did. Uh, You wouldn't get me in trouble, and, and I know my people needed help, and you guys have delivered. You said getting their spiritual needs met. Mm. People are hurting. They're broken. They come from bad home situations. Yeah. I mean, your chaplains are getting exposed to some pretty tough stuff. What are some of the things you're able to help people through? Oh, boy. Um, usually, you know, initially when the chaplain's gone, people will talk to him about worksite problems or extemporaneous stuff, surface-level stuff. Sure. But on that repetitive stuff, and they say, hey, maybe this person is confidential and they're not a spy for hr that they're not going to judge me they're not going to tell me i got to get rid of my tattoo they're not going to try to get me to go to first baptist saturday hey i like <laughs> chaplain hector maybe maybe he can help me because you know what um me and my wife aren't getting along my teenage son is driving us crazy we know he's running with the wrong crowd um our finances are in shambles my mother just got diagnosed with cancer down in monterey mexico i'm we're, we're both working 12, 18-hour days, trying to get the kid, make sure he's in school, make our bills meet at the end of the month, and life is just tough and getting tougher, and we're just we're just losing hope. And, sure. Um, you know, um, I don't know, uh, about a month ago, we responded to three suicides, one at, at work, mm-hmm. um, shootings, but here's here's the great hope and, and the promise and uh, that Jesus brings is if we can help people when those, we call them Genesis moments, when there's that crisis or personal issue or problem, if you can get some hope and encouragement, another pathway out before you get into a dark corner, yeah. then you're not going to go file for divorce, file for bankruptcy, or write your suicide note. Um, it, being preventative and proactive is the key to it. But yeah, Jim, uh, a chaplain the other day was just telling us from Waco that went into this family's home. They invited him into the home. He brought another female chaplain to work with the daughter. But that was because of years of faithful going yeah. to the work site that they trusted him. But it was horrific, evil situation. It was very dark. Um, and was able to just step in and work with that family. Uh, an example of extending the owner's care. So let's say there's a death or a hospital visit. Sure, everybody's going to go to the funeral. Everybody's going to go to the hospital, check on them, write a card. But what happens after the covered right. dishes go away? What about that grief period? Right. What about the person struggling with rehab for four months? Mm-hmm. Who's going to be there? Well, the, the chaplain continues and extends that care. What's the longest you've been on oh, uh, Marketplace Chaplains has been supporting any organization? Like, Do you have any that you've been supporting oh, all yeah. 35 years? Yes. Yep. North Dallas Bank. Uh, we're celebrating uh, with Pilgrim's Pride, who's now owned by JBS, 35,000 employees this month. We will have seen the ten thousandth employee that has come to Christ through the chaplain Shoot, ministry. Of that's about ten thousand. Cool. Wow! All right. So the reason I ask that question is okay. So you've got leadership that brought you in initially, but a lot of times that leadership either uh, yep. they, they retire, they die, they move on, mm-hmm. 
And that succession plan, somebody that understands the value, not all leaders are really good at creating succession plans and saying, this is why we do this. You should continue to do this. I mean, to build that perpetuation into their, into their successor. Um, well, I mean, how do you, I mean, how do you deal with that? How do you help prepare that leader to, to make sure that this keeps going after they go? We do a little bit, but you know, there's great Christian organizations that that do that succession planning and financial planning and how do you hand off? I, I think Jim, what what gets us is when a large international conglomerate buys out a company we served. Mm. M- more than likely in the past, they've you know they're they're to a venture capital firm. They're trying to skinny up the books and oh, we don't need need that. Unfortunately, we've had some Christian leaders that have had us ten or fifteen years. The younger millennials are now in leadership, and they've said, "Oh, we we don't need this care. We our people, we don't want to do spiritual things anymore." So, um, le- leaving the succession plan is important mm-hmm. on those core values. There's, as you know, a lot of um, faith at work ministries uh, focused on at the CEO level, and then a fewer fewer number on the employee level, and talking about collaboration. But um, I think there's a misnomer. It doesn't mean you do what I do, or mm-hmm. I try to go over in your lane. A, a movement is a very special thing. And if you think about a bunch of lanes heading one way and they're different widths, and your organization can be a, a ping pong ball or it can be a basketball, you want them all in their lane. You want them pointed upwards to, to kingdom fulfillment. Some are farther ahead than others. It doesn't mean you move over and get that ball or help them, but you can share best practices. But I think the the key is is if people will open up more and if we can deduplicate. I think a lot of people are fishing in the same hole and using the same bait and tangling each other's lines. And the enemy's got is face-to-face rather than back-to-back. Mm-hmm. Because with all the faith at work collective and movements, there's studies, you know, we've done with Mike and at, C, at C12 and Greg at convene and all that i mean we're all serving less than two percent of the workforce mm-hmm. out there in the in the company so you know oh i'm big well you, no you're not you we, we serve like three football stadiums on a u.s map so yeah. we need to support each other pray for one another and not cross into each other's stuff and and share best practices resources and go conquer new go conquer Amen. new fields We've been uh, on the good and the bad side of succession planning when they got companies got sold out to a venture capital firm and they're going to get rid of every benefit possible to make the books look good. Um, we've talked about handing off to younger generation that uh, it, it doesn't have the spiritual formation or evangelical right. bent or want to care for people. Um, so that's important. If you're a leader and, and you care about the eternal destiny of the people that God has called you to shepherd and gave you the platform, your business to do that. Um, it's important to put that in and be very specific. You know, we hear about financial succession planning, but uh, continue, continuing on those mission and core values. Um, on the nonprofit ministry side, we're, we're in an era, era where we're seeing a lot of the um, parachurch and faith at work ministries that are coming into their second and third seasons mm-hmm. um, where we had the founders and you know God gave them the vision and the fortitude and the resources and they got it started through blood sweat toil and stuff and and now a lot of them are at this space where uh, you know the world is changing fast and you may not have the 
technology or the next vision or the next foresight. And so, you know, as a kid, my granddad always taught me, you know, leave something better than you found it. Somebody mm-hmm. lent you a car, fill it up with gas. If they lent you their fishing rod, make sure it's not in knots. So always leave it better for the next person. Yeah. You rent, somebody gives you their house, same, same thing. So the, there's a time and a place. There's a time that we serve at chaplains at companies, and then there's a time to move on. Um, but there's, a, I would say to leaders today, um, God has called you for a specific season to do a specific uh, purpose. And your job is to, in that succession plan, is develop your leaders, develop your bench, develop the, the plan for the future. And then sometimes it's time just to end. When, when it's over, it's over. When it's time to leave, leave. Mm-hmm. Don't hang around. Don't try to come back. Now, you're always available to counsel and consult. But to let this next generation and the people that are in the speed of today's society, in order to, for them to take the tangible of the product or the service that your ministry was called to do, in order to fill in more of those gaps at the speed the world is moving, you got to empower and let those people that are running at that speed do it. Mm-hmm. And if it's God's ministry, if God's in it, it won't fail. And, and if you're trying to hold on to stuff, in a way, I think you're maybe saying, God, I really, I really don't trust you. Jason Brown with Marketplace Chaplains, thanks for being on the air with us today. My pleasure. You guys are awesome. It was great to see you face-to-face. Make sure you check out Marketplace Chaplains online, mchapusa.com, mchapusa.com. And thanks, of course, to the Christian Leadership Alliance for arranging today's interview. Check them out online, christianleadershipalliance.org. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers, our workplace, it's our mission field, but ultimately, I work for him. Thank you for listening to the I Work For Him Power Pod with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Want more? Hear the full broadcast at iworkforhim.com. Stay connected and receive power pack content when you sign up for our blog at iworkforhim.com or follow us on social media at iworkforhim. And finally, if today's message inspired you, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. Your review helps launch more workplace missionaries across the nation. That's at iworkforhim and online iworkforhim.com.